You're listening to the KB Podcast Network. <laughs> Welcome to the Cindy Stewart Podcast, a source for encouragement as you learn to discover God's dream for your life. With a passion to help you on your journey, here is your host, Cindy Stewart. Today we're going to talk about promise, provision, and plans. So we're going to start in Joshua 1-2 and talk about just bringing the promise of God into reality and how we walk out the promise that he's given us in our day-to-day. Who's got a promise from God? If you don't have a promise from God, we're going to get you one. You know, sometimes you have a promise from God and you don't even realize that that's what it is, but you're operating in it anyhow. So, um, yeah, we're going to pray over promises to be uh, restored, released and uh, fulfilled. So we're going to start in Joshua one and we're just kind of going to go through first part of Joshua a little bit, a little bit of Joshua six and just talk about what God has for us. What, what is he doing? What's going on right now? Where can we stand on his word and know that that is where he has us? That is where he's taken us. You know, have you ever been waiting for something and you keep standing on the word and waiting for that breakthrough to come? And when the breakthrough comes, you're so glad that you stood on the word. And it doesn't mean sometimes you're like, oh gosh, is this ever going to happen? Oh, uh-uh. it doesn't mean that you don't wrestle, but it means in the wrestling, you have somewhere to stand and we have to have somewhere to stand. And the word is where we stand. That's the summary of the whole message. It is the word. Yeah. I was reading uh, this morning and, and, uh, I didn't give you this. No, I'm just going to paraphrase it. But in revelation 10, it talks about, uh, John consuming the word. And it, it talks about the sweetness of the word and, and how God told him to take that word and begin to prophesy over the nations, prophesy over the kings, prophesy. You know, that is part of our calling to take the word and begin to release it over whatever isn't aligned with the spirit of God so that that atmosphere shifts over them and that the change comes. So uh, Joshua 1, after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came to pass that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now, therefore, arise, go over this Jordan, you and all this people to the land which I'm giving them, the children of Israel. God had made them a promise. The baton was passed from Moses to Joshua, and it was time for Joshua to pick up the baton, pick up the calling, pick up the commissioning, and pick up the promise so he could go forward with the people. For some of us, really, overall, for all of us, we are carrying a baton from another generation. What they have built has been passed to us to continue moving it forward. 
So we're all, you know, from, from the beginning of time, the baton started and it's continued to pass on year after year, thousands after thousands. So the baton is still being passed and we will pass it on to the next generation. So the baton we carry, we have to carry it well. We have to carry it well. Verse three, it says, every place that your that the sole of your foot will tread upon, I have given you, as I said to Moses. So that is a word that is our word. Every place we go, every place we put our foot is our authority in Christ to take. Every place. Even if it's a temporary possession. When we go to the store and our feet walk through that store, we carry the authority of Christ to walk through that store and to release, tear down, build up the presence of God. From the wilderness and this Lebanon, as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites into the great sea toward, uh, toward the going down of the sun shall be your territory. Where's your territory? Do you know your territory? Do you know how your promise fits into the territory God's given you? You know, we used to live, we've lived in a lot of different cities, but we used to live in Eastlake across Tarpon. That was our territory. We took that territory until we moved to St. Pete. Now our territory is in St. Pete. Hopefully we made diff a difference. We left a, a lasting impression where we used to live. But we're breaking new ground where we live now. And it's interesting because in our new ground that we're breaking, what we see is the people who love Jesus rising up and us connecting together. So we're building a fortified wall in our new territory. Think about your territory. Think about what God has given you as the promise. Listen to verse five. No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. Think about that, that word over you. Think about that word. Do you feel the authority and the presence of God within you so that no man would be able to stand? I mean, just think, just think about what, what God is speaking over Joshua. And what God is speaking over Joshua is ours too. And my assignment not be, is not bringing the Israelites into the promised land because that's already happened. But my assignment is to bring what God has given me into the promises he's given us for this season. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. He says, so I will be with you. I will not leave you nor forsake you. And it's interesting because you hear that scripture repeated all the time without the fullness of the scripture. 
The Lord will never leave you or forsake you. No, he'll never leave you, forsake you, because he's got a plan for you to go out and take a territory that he's spoken into your life. And he's going to be with you so that that promise will be fulfilled in your lifetime. And when you pass the baton on to the next, they'll have something to work with. We have to make sure we don't drop the baton. That it's, it's a handoff to our next generation. Just as we prayed over Daniel and Isla, you know, the next generation is going to pick up what, what they're depositing to run with. Be strong and of good courage. For to this people you shall divide as an inheritance the land which I swore to their fathers to give to them. Only be strong and very courageous that you may observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my service, commanded you. I'm going to start that back over because, you know, when we get the promise, let me see the hands of everyone who has a promise. Okay. When we get the promise of the Lord, it comes with some boundaries around the promise. It, first, he tells Joshua, okay, I'm with you. You're going to be able to do it. Don't worry. I'm not going to give you a promise that you can't fulfill. You're going to do it. He didn't say this is how you're going to do it. He just said you're going to do it. You're going to do it. The how comes in a step-by-step -step as you needed. You know, you heard that. I keep you on a need to know. God gives us the big picture and then he keeps us on a need to know all the detail. Because if he gave us every minute detail that we needed to know, we would try to run ahead of him because we already have the information. So we don't really need him because he's already told us. So God, you're fine where you are. I've got the details. I'm gone. You know, he keeps us longing for him, longing for the plan to unfold longing for the provision that he has, longing to know his heart and what he has to say about this specific thing so that it's fresh and we're able to take it and go with him, not ahead of him. I know none of you guys have ever run ahead of him. I'm like, try to keep up, Jesus. No, I'm just teasing. But sometimes you do run ahead. You think, oh, I got this. I got this figured out. And you get halfway there and you're like, I have part of it figured out. I'm probably going to need some help, God. Please help me on this. It happens all the time. He says, do not turn from it to the right hand or to the left that you may prosper wherever you go. So we know that if we're strong and courageous and we observe what he told us to do, and we don't go to the right and we don't go to the left, then there will be provision in everything we do. There will always be provision for us. So God promises us, he provides for us, and then he gives us the plan of how to do it. It's a full package thing. He doesn't send you without himself because we all have the spirit of the living God in us, right? But there's the spirit of the God, living God in us, directing us. But then there's also kind of that breath of God that helps move us forward. It, it helps us have those, those encounters, those experiences with God that, that gives us that little extra momentum, that little extra push to go forward. 
right? Okay, I'm going to need, I'm going to need some help here, guys. I need some help because I feel like God is going to release some things after I get through with this. And I want everybody to be on the same page. I'm uh, pre teaching this spirit-led preaching class, and it's a lot of fun. And um, one of the things that we work on is making sure that the people that are hearing what you say respond to what they've heard. Because we know that when there's action to what we hear, it helps us to own what's been said. We can't intellectualize everything and make it stick. There has to be action to it. That's why usually at the end of every service, there is some kind of call to action. Whether we're declaring, whether we're praying, whether we're imparting, there's a call to action to what we hear because our mind can't quite process as quickly as it's coming in. So we need to pause and say, yes, I agree. Yes, I hear that word. Yes, I know God has a promise for me. Yes, I know with his promise comes a provision because that is actually what his word says. And we believe his word. We believe the word of God. Okay. Yep. Uh, Revelation 17, 6. I didn't give you this note, but, and it's just, like I said, it's a paraphrase of this. It says that, uh, or this is John 17, 6. I'm sorry. It says, you have fastened the word to my heart. You know, it's just like it is locked down in us. It is a part of who we are. That's why we read the word. That's why we memorize the word. That's why we say it out loud, because it fastens it to us. So that when something unexpected comes, something's abrupt or something interferes or something happens, the word is unlocked and released over what is happening because it is fastened within us. We can't help but respond to the outside by the word that is in us. So that's why it's so important to just consume the word of God every day. Chew on it. Let it mull. Let it, you know, those apps, read it over you when you drive. We've, it's that grabbing hold of the word. Okay. So God provides what he promises. If, you get, if he's got you in a promise, then he's got a provision to go with it. There, there's no question about that. If you don't see the provision, then ask the Lord, where's the provision for the promise that you've given me? And is there something that I have disobeyed in that has interfered from me getting the provision? Is there someone, and we'll talk about unholy alliances in a minute. Is there someone that has gotten in my circle that is interfering with what you have for me? We're, like I said, we'll talk about holy alliance, unholy alliances for a minute. So, uh, so God has given them the promise that they will have provision. You will pros be prosperous and have good success. Verse nine, it says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not uh, be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid, nor be dismayed for the Lord. Your God is with you wherever you go. No matter where you go, he is here. He is with you. He's going with you. You're never alone in this venture. So the next part, he gives him the plan. 
And I love this plan because it says, uh, verse 10 says, Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the camp and command the people, Prepare provisions for yourself, for within three days you will cross over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord God is giving you. So what happens here is he tells them in verse 12 that the Reubenites, the Gadites, and half of the tribe of Manasseh, he says to them, remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, the Lord is giving you rest and is giving you this land. They're not going over. They're taking this land. They're possessing this land. Your wives, little ones, your loved livestock shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side of the Jordan. But here's the key part. But you shall pass before your brethren armed all your mighty men of valor and help them until the Lord has given your brethren rest as he gave you. So think about it. And then they will go on possess the land which the Lord has given them. So think about this. So you may have territory that you're possessing and God is saying, you hold on to what I've given you, but I'm going to need you to help war for your brethren who, who's taken their land. You know, we don't always give up our territory and move out of it. Sometimes God is saying, hold on to the territory I've given you, and I am going to give you a temporary assignment to help the other people, but you're not going to give up what the inheritance, the possession that I've given you. And we have to know when God is calling us to stay and dig in versus uproot and move on. Part of the Israel was uprooting and moving on because that was the promise. They were going to take all the possessed promised land. But part of them were staying on the other side of the Jordan. So they had it all from that side of the Jordan all the way to the fulfillment of the promised land. You got to know, you got to know what God is calling you to do. You got to know. And it's important to understand the plan so that you can finish the work that he's given you to do in this hour. I want to talk about two things. Uh, unholy alliances, I'm going to talk about. I'm going to talk about that first, even though we're going to skip over one. Uh, in chapter 9, Joshua makes a treaty, makes a covenant with the Gibeonites, who actually deceived him. They pretended like they were from a far-off land. I'm not going to read all that. But they pretended they were from a far-off land. And they came and they brought moldy bread and their says their wine sacks were all torn and, you know, all of this. And, and they told them their sad, sad story. But listen to what it says. And this is how important for us to know the word of God and be able to ask the Lord, what are we supposed to do here? My thing turned off. Um, I think it's verse 16 in chapter nine. Let me just look. Oh, 14, I'm sorry. Oh, yeah. So he, you know, he, he, they go through all this. They've agreed to make a covenant. In verse 14, it says, Then the men of Israel took some of their provisions, but they did not ask counsel of the Lord. So Joshua made peace with them and made a covenant. The covenant meant that they would cover them in whatever happened. 
that they would cover them, they would protect them, they would provide for them with them and to let them live. And the rulers of the congregation swore to them that they would take care of them. So think about this. Here they have, they find out that they're actually their next door neighbors. And they heard that Israel was about to take over all the promised land and they were afraid. So they were like, let's trick them in. Let's trick Joshua into taking us in and providing covering for us. And then they'll know who we are. But they did not seek the counsel of the Lord. And it cost them. It cost them. It caused them to go to war. In a war that was not theirs. When we get in unholy alliances with people, then it will cost us. And it doesn't mean that those people aren't, aren't Christians. It doesn't mean that it just means that you got to know who God's called you to. Right. And you have to be strong when you realize that that calling is not your calling. Otherwise, you will get involved in something that's not yours to get involved in. Uh, it's it. <laughs> You know, they go on to get in this war. And I, I heard this uh, a while back. I, don't, I think it might have been T.J. Jakes or somebody like that. But he said, there's three kinds of people that God has called you to. There is your inner circle. And that's just a few people. They know everything about you. You know everything about them. You have free conversation. There's nothing held back. They can correct you, direct you, pray for you, you know, hang out with you, whatever. There's that inner circle. Then there's the covenant people that are here for you, that God has brought, that are here to serve you. They love you. They love your mission. They love what God is doing. They're just here. I always tell people, you know, I can preach on ketchup and everybody go, that was so good. I had no idea it was made with water and vinegar, you know, but it's just because there are people that you're in community, that you're in covenant with, that we are for one another. And if you, sh if you, you know, fall out of your chair, I'm not going to be like, oh, sorry, Matt, done with you. Don't fall out of that chair again. I'm going to be like, let me help you up. You're part of me. There's those people. And then there's people who love what you do, but they're not actually assigned to you. So the, the first time you decide to do something a little different, they're gone. But they're, you, they're not your people. The Gibeonites, they were not Joshua's people. And it cost him. And when you try to make those exterior, the third circle people to be your people, what happens is you get caught up in distractions. You get caught up in your mind trying to figure out how it's going to be okay for them to be here. You get caught up in stuff that completely takes you away from the two circles God did give you. Right. So you have to know where your alliance, who are the holy people that God has called for you? Who are the people that are, that are coming your way that you're like, you're not my people. And it's not, you understand that when they're not your people, it is not against them. The, the clearer you are about they're not your people, it benefits them and it benefits you. Because if you're pulling in people that are not your people, then you're holding them back from where they're supposed to be. You know, you're so needy. I want everybody. 
when we first started the church, that probably was how I was thought because uh, in our denomination, you know, we needed our roles pumped up so that throughout the year, you know, when our pastor went to their meetings, he could say, well, we have this many people, but it cost us. It cost us over and over and over again, because when you bring in people that are not for you, they're for you for that moment. But when you shift and begin to do something else, they're not for you. They don't realize they need to be released. So it becomes a tension. It becomes a battle. It becomes a, a, a uh, hurt feelings and shouting matches. In elder meetings, seriously, because you've brought in people that might have been assigned for a second, but they're not long-term people for you. And we have to know Joshua missed the step. Do what I tell you to do. I'm with you. Don't do what you think you should do. Know who you're called to and know who's called to you. And if the hearts are right, then everybody will understand what's happening. If the hearts aren't right, then it'll just have to be okay because you got to do what God has called you to do. Amen. So that's important. We, we have to, we have to do what we have. We have to do what God has called us to do. And it's not always the easy choice. Um, so anyway, I want to say more about that, but I'm going to, I'm going to pump the brakes on that one because I want to talk about one other thing. So as I talk about what is the promise God has given you, when I came back from Arizona, we came back late uh, Sunday night and Monday, I just knew that starting on Tuesday, I was going to start fasting and praying. And I felt like I needed to fast and pray for a breakthrough for us, for a breakthrough for me. And part of it was because I know what God has promised us. I know the vision that he gave us. And I feel like we need breakthrough in it. And uh, so I'm going to share a little bit about that for you. Because I know that as I fast for breakthrough and breakthrough comes to us, what it means that breakthrough will come for each of your promises that God has given you. We know that when one has breakthrough, it opens up the gate for everyone to follow. And as I've been fasting and praying, I've really been fasting for a greater move of the supernatural. Uh, I love the supernatural because God is supernatural, right? And I've been praying for a greater breakthrough. Over the last couple of months, I've read a lot of books. Uh, I'm on a reading frenzy right now. Miracles by, I think I told you guys about him, John, somebody, John, somebody or other. Uh, I've been reading the uh, five volumes of William Brannan. Uh, I read mystic prayers. I read uh, the fear of the Lord. I just, because you know why? It's a learning season that is stirring a hunger and preparing me for what God is going to do. And I just want to encourage you guys that if you feel like fasting a little bit, join me in it because I know God has a breakthrough for us. And uh, let me just share, some of you have heard this, some of you haven't, you guys have been here a long time, have, but I want, the Lord told me yesterday, go back and look at what the promise is. I was like, okay. 
And this is a, a corporate promise. It's not my personal promises that God has given me. But in 1999, God gave me a vision about, and it was when we were at our other church, a vision about having services where the Lord was free to move as he moves. We were free to worship the Lord in spirit and truth. We were free to allow healing, prophecy. It was just a, it was just a time where people came together and encountered the Lord and, was, and were transformed. And part of that vision was is that there would be such a, a, a brilliance of the Lord coming out of the building that people would stop their cars and get out and come in and encounter the Lord and get healed and get saved and get delivered and get on their journey with Jesus. That, that's what I have lived out of since 1999. I know that that is my mandate. I know that that is my promise. And all of you here that are part of the gathering, it is part of your promise too. Because what is part of mine, it will occur in this house and in other houses, and you will be part of the promise that God has given me. You are part of the promise God has given me. And over these 24 years, I've seen a lot of things. We've seen healings. We've seen manifestations. We've seen glory. We've seen feathers. We've seen this. We've seen that. We've just seen God. And in all that seeing God, it just makes me want more. I know there is more. I know there's more for all of us. And that's part of the fasting and really just seeking the Lord for the more. Uh, as I've been will, reading the William Brandon books and uh, read them. Uh, but I will tell you, there are theological things that I don't agree with him. But uh, the manifestations through him. Uh, Siri would like to preach now. Go ahead. <laughs> She's giving me a definition of but. <laughs> but, I mean, there's just a couple of minor things that uh, I would not agree with. But there was, such a, uh, there was such a manifestation of God, of angels, of healing, of salvations in his ministry. Amen. At visions. Yes. Words of knowledge. And I want all of that for all of us. And I believe it's available for all of us because it is in the word. It's just very concentrated as I read through these books. I want that. I don't want a service where we pump the brakes because the spirit's a little bit too rowdy for us. I want the Holy Spirit to be a little bit so rowdy that we're laying on the floor going, I don't know what you're doing, but go ahead and we'll try to keep up, right? So, and that's what I'm fasting for, a greater breakthrough, a greater breakthrough of healing, a greater breakthrough of where God has taken you. That's what I'm fasting for. I want it for all of us because I know that the fullness of that vision is not complete that the Lord gave me in 1999. And I know with every day he adds to, and we see things and I'm like, God, this is so good. But what about the people leaving their cars on the street? And what about everyone in the house being healed? And what about, because I know what he's shown me. I know what his word says. And that's what I'm going after. That's what I want. I want it for all of us. And maybe not everybody wants it. And that's okay too. But you will get to enjoy the fruits 
of the Holy Spirit pouring out as long as you're in this house. And, it, you know, amen. That's good. That's good. So I want us to really press into the more of God. I want to fulfill the promise. Joshua could have washed off his hands and walked away and said, nope, not my job. No, he was like, yes, Lord. What do you want me to do? Circumcise everybody? Sure, let's do it. What do you want me to do? Oh, yeah, these people are not going with us. You know, go ahead and read through Joshua because he had hard decisions to make. It wasn't a walk in the park. Just like Moses primed the pump, Joshua took the baton and kept running. And I want to see the Joshua's rise up in our house. I want to see the Jehu's are gonna, who are going to defeat the house of Ahab and Jezebel, the demonic strongholds that are coming across. You know, I want to see shadow healing. I ask for everything. I want to see... Let's get some water. Let's try the walking. We may try to Karen's up. But I have tried that a time or two because I feel like if I've seen it in the word, then it's fair game. It's fair game. You know, I want to see the ability of the Daniels to be able to figure out the enigmas and to to know that not only the dream, but the interpretation of whoever's set before us. You know, I want us to have all that God has paid for for us i want it all i want to see tarpon springs on their knees st petersburg pinellas county i want to see florida all of florida to bow the knee i want to see our nation's capital bowing the knee and that's what i pray for i just declare over them that they will fall in love with jesus that their roots will Uh, get strong and they will remember their first love. I mean, that's what we have to declare. We have to declare not only in our house are we going for breakthrough, but we're going for breakthrough for the whole house of God and for all those who are called to his house until the day they come in, until the day they bow their knee and say yes to Jesus. I mean, I want it all. So I want to pray over us today. Uh, If you guys don't mind standing, we're going to pray for promises. Uh, We're going to pray for breakthrough. And we're also going to pray that if there are unholy alliances, that God will awaken you to who that is and give you the way out. And give you the way out. Because he will. He will. It doesn't have to be crushing on our side if we follow God. It may be crushing for them, but we're going we're gonna to do it in a uh, reverent, holy way. So, Father, I just thank you that you have given us a promise. And for those who don't know their promise, Lord, I'm asking you to give revelation to it. Give them revelation. Joshua started just serving Moses. He didn't know that he would be taking the baton. So God, just give them revelation of that. And with the promises that we are carrying and that are unfolding before us, Lord, we know that your provision, your your presence is our provision. It is your presence that is our provision. Even when uh, Joshua took Jericho, by the word of the Lord, they were given all of the possessions of Jericho. 
the provision for them to continue on. So, Lord, we know it is your presence that brings provision. So, God, thank you for your presence. Thank you that your promise will be provided for. Your presence will bring the provision. And, Lord, your plan will be clear and succinct. And I just pray if there are any unholy alliances in our lives individually, corporately, business-wise, that you will give us revelation for that and that we will have a way out. That you will give us a way out. And I even was thinking about when I said that I saw Peter and John in jail and the angels opening up the jail, even angelic help to give us a way out, Lord. Um, A a call that says, uh, sorry, I'm not going to be able to be there anymore. Lord, give them a way out and protect us as we move forward in the narrowness of this journey, but the fullness that you have provided for us. So Lord, I just thank you for that. And I just want to pray just an impartation of uh, each one of us, what we carry, that the Daniels, the Lydia's, the Deborah's, the uh, Jehu's, the Joshua's, the Elijah's, all of the ones that are uh, people that we can see possibilities for us in that you'll show us how to grab a hold, how to move forward, to be shadow healers, to to even the sweat of our brow will bring healing to the body. God, just expand our capacity in the supernatural because the supernatural is superior to the natural. And if we can move in the supernatural realm, then the natural realm will come up under in obedience, Lord. So God, we just thank you for the yes and amen of your heart for us and that everything you have for us, we will be excellent in carrying our baton until it's time to pass it on in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. Thanks for joining us today. We hope you are encouraged. If you would like more content like this, please visit cindy-stewart.com. We'll see you next time.